You're now listening to the Chad's Chatterings Podcast. I am your host, Chad Maples, and today I will start a new series of podcasts entitled Unstuck, Fresh Traction from Common Struggles. I'll talk about getting unstuck from different situations in life. We'll talk about getting unstuck in our marriages and family dysfunctions, and then we'll work our way into bitterness, anger, depression, fear, burnout, and maybe a few other things along the way. So I hope you find this series of podcasts in the next few weeks to be very interesting. So sit tight and stay tuned. You're now listening to the Chaz Chatterings Podcast. of the Chaz Chatterings Podcast. And while you're here, make sure you like, follow, or subscribe to the podcast so that you can know when new episodes become available. Today I'll start a series of podcasts entitled Unstuck, Fresh Traction from Common Struggles. Today I will start part one of Getting Unstuck in Our Marriages. Now before I get started, I know that the last year has been kind of tough. Uh, maybe really tough on a lot of people. We have been stuck in our homes because of COVID-19 and the coronavirus. Maybe you've had to quarantine yourself into your home and maybe you've had to work from home. Maybe you felt like you were stuck at home. And the last year has not been really a normal kind of year because of the virus. And so some of us have felt like we were stuck at home or we were stuck not being able to do things that we normally wanted to do. But when we talk about life in general, sometimes we can get emotionally stuck in different situations that we don't know how to get out of them. And that's what this series is going to be about is getting unstuck in different situations and different avenues that come along in life and and we'll talk about relationship issues we'll talk about emotional issues and today we'll start talking about getting unstuck in our marriages now i realize that there's people out there who may be listening to this who are not married but i still believe that what is going to be said in this podcast and also part two of next week's podcast is very, very important information that can prepare someone uh, for their marriage ahead if they are not married. And if you're currently married, of course, the applications still apply. There's a lot of people that feel like they are stuck in their marriages and they don't know what to do about it. God has established marriage for man's happiness, and yet our society is doing things to marriage today that go against God's plan and God's design for it. 50% of all marriages, and maybe the statistic is even more than that today, 50% or more marriages end in divorce. But long before the couples ever mentioned the D word in their relationship, They were stuck. They weren't moving forward or backwards spiritually or emotionally in their relationship. And they were not meeting each other's needs emotionally or physically. And they were stuck 
and did not know what to do, so they just decided to give up. So all of the main points that we're going to talk about in marriage comes from the book of Proverbs. We're going to make two points today in, in today's podcast, and then I'll make the rest next week. But the first point that we want to realize in our marriages is getting unstuck by prioritizing your marriage. Proverbs 13 verse 10 says, By pride comes nothing but strife, but with the well-advised is wisdom. So Solomon says, by pride comes nothing but strife, meaning the blind assumption is that things are okay even when they are not. Maybe you've been blindly assuming that everything is fine. I'm fine, you're fine, everything's fine. Or somebody will say, well, my marriage is not as bad as my sister's marriage, or it's not as bad as my brother's marriage. It's, it's not as bad as my Uncle Bill's marriage. But part of the problem is the refusal to admit that there is a problem to begin with. If you want to have a good marriage, you have to work on it. My next door neighbor has a awesome looking front yard. His grass is perfect. It's dark green. He's got that like flat top green that everybody's jealous of. Uh, it's that thick green grass. He doesn't have any weeds. He doesn't have a tree in his front yard. So the whole front yard is just this flat, perfect, dark, thick, green grass. And then you look at my yard, which is right next door, and it's not as thick, and it's got some dead spots, and it's got some bald spots in it. And it doesn't look horrible, but it doesn't look as good as my neighbor's yard. And it's easy for me to look over at my neighbor's yard and say, well, man, I wish my yard looked that good. But the reason that my neighbor's yard looks so much better than mine is because that he's put more work into it than I have with my yard. He's put more time, more energy, and more money into his yard than I've put into mine. And if you know anyone who has ever built a business or written a book or received a college degree or did anything like that, you know they've had to work on it. And if you want something good to happen, you're going to have to work on it. And people weep over the fact that they don't have a good marriage or their marriage isn't as good as so-and-so over here or this couple over here has got a great marriage. And man, I really wish I had a marriage that was as good as theirs. But the fact is that they can have a good marriage. They just have to work on it. They don't work on it. They don't evaluate it. They don't review it or think about it. And so many people get stuck in their thinking and, and telling themselves, well, my parents, my grandparents, they didn't have a good marriage, and so I'm probably not going to have a good marriage either. And you can't have that mentality when it comes to your marriage. It's your marriage. It's not anybody else's marriage. And so you, you have to get out of this victim mindset of, well, nobody in my family has had a good marriage, so I'm not going to have a good marriage either. If you want to have a good marriage, you have to work on it. Proverbs 15 verse 17 says, Better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a fatted calf with hatred. How good does a dinner of herbs sound? Eh, not really good. You probably prefer a big, nice 
thick, juicy steak. And so here Solomon is saying it's better to eat lettuce every night in a house where there is love than have a steak dinner every night and have hatred that's going back and forth between each other. Proverbs 18 verse 22 says, He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. God's provision for what a woman needs is a godly man, and God's provision for what man needs is a godly woman. And all attempts to erase role distinction based on gender are evil and are not from God. All of the attempts to erase the complementary differences between man and woman are evil because God created us male and female with our own differences that are unique, but each one more for the other. In the beginning, God said it is not good that man should be alone, and the same thing can be said about women. It is not good that women should be alone. One of my college professors gave some advice about working on your marriage, and it's a three-word advice, a three-word sentence, and you have to pay very close attention because it it requires explanation. His three words of advice for a marriage were lie, cheat, and steal. Now, you're like, whoa, 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 what do you mean by that? Lie only with each other, cheat death by living a healthy lifestyle, and try to steal at least 30 minutes a day with each other. That's what that means. It doesn't mean what it actually sounds like. And so the first thing that we want to do is we want to prioritize our marriages. And if you want to have a good marriage, you have to work on it. The second point that we'll make in this podcast is to get unstuck in our marriages. We have to admit that we are sinfully influenced. Now, I'm going to talk about the wife's role first, and don't get mad. I hope the women listening to this don't get mad because I'm going to get to the husbands as well. So I'm going to treat each side equally. I'm just talking about the women first, so just bear with me. I know I have to kind of throw that out ahead of time as a precautionary measure, if you will. But we'll talk about the wife's role. According to Proverbs, Proverbs 27, 15, and 16 says a continual dripping is on a rainy day and a contentious woman are alike. Whoever restrains her restrains the wind and grasps oil in his right hand. So you have this picture of a woman who is always arguing or always nagging. And Solomon says it's like a constant dripping. It's drip, drip, drip drip, drip, and it's constantly on everybody's nerves. And to make it stop, the passage says that it would be like grasping the wind or restraining the wind. And if you've ever tried to do that, let me know how that works out for you because I haven't been successful in it myself. And he says it's also like grasping oil in your hands. Only the dripper can stop the drip. Only the godly, humble, preserving, Christ-filled woman can stop the sinfully influenced dripping and nagging and the kind of thing that Solomon is talking about here. 
First Peter 3 verse 1 says that even if the husband does not obey the word, they, without a word, may be won by the conduct of their wives. And sometimes it's the conduct of the wife that changes the husband. And to the women, God's word says that you will get further in your marriage by loving and respecting the man that you are married to. Proverbs 12, verse 4 says, An excellent wife is a crown for her husband, but she who causes shame is like rottenness in his bones. A crown is the most valued and lasting symbol of status. And here, the scriptures are telling us that having an excellent wife and a certain type of woman is the crown of her husband. But it goes on to say, But she who causes shame is like rottenness in his bones. And what bone cancer is to the body is the same thing, is the same for a wife that causes shame. Now we'll talk about the men and the husband's role. Proverbs 27, 8, in the, new, uh, the New American Standard Version says, Like a bird that wanders from his nest, so is a man who wanders from his home. Now how clear is that? You imagine a bird that wanders off from his nest and he's just aimlessly roaming around and he's not paying attention to where the nest is. What can you say about that bird that wanders off aimlessly from the nest? Well, it, it's vulnerable, it's unprotected, and it's, it's in grave danger. And that's where you're supposed to be, men, is at your home. When you get done at work, go home. When you get done running errands, you know, I understand you have errands to run after work. Maybe you have to go get gas. Maybe you have to, maybe you buy the groceries. Whatever you have to do during the day, when you get done with work and running your errands, go home and spend time with your wife. Play a game or watch a movie with your wife. And then you have some, some grumpy voices, I like to say. There's three different grumpy voices from men that come into play here. And one, one grumpy, wimpy voice would say, well, my friends are doing this or my friends are doing that. L listen, your wife is your number one friend, okay? Forget about your other friend. Now, if you're single and your friends want to hang out, that's fine. But when you're married, your so-called friends are number two on your list. Your wife is your number one friend. Put her as a priority first. And then another wimpy voice would say, well, my wife used to be my best friend. And you know what? She can still be your best friend if you spend time with her. And then a third wimpy, grumpy voice could say, well, the grass is greener on the other side. You know what? The grass is going to be greener where you water it. And if you take care of the grass at your own house, you're going to have the greenest yard in the neighborhood. It's a guaranteed fact. Here are some ways that you know that you are neglecting your wife. You know that you are neglecting your wife when you give one-word answers to heartfelt questions. Your wife will say, well, how is your day? Or how do you feel about this? And your answer is, fine, okay, whatever. 1 Peter 3, verse 7 says, Husbands likewise 
Dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to your wife. You honor your wives by answering her questions and opening up to her. Another factor that would fit in here would be not listening for details or being ready to answer her questions with an immediate answer. There's a story about a wife whose husband asked her how her day was, and she said, well, it was terrible. The car broke down this morning. I got it to the shop. Then I was late for my hair appointment. And then she went on to talk about the rest of her day for about five or ten minutes. And the husband finally interrupted her and said, can you just tell me what's wrong with the car? And he stopped listening when she said that there was something wrong with the car because she had other things that she wanted to say. The second point to make under, under this heading is you know you're neglecting your wife when you hide your feelings and you give only the facts when they are forced. You don't talk about your feelings. Another way you know that you're neglecting your wife is that you refuse to schedule one-on-one -on -one time with your wife. If your wife schedules something for the two of you to do and then you turn it down, you're like, well, I got something else that came up. You are refusing to schedule one-on-one -on -one time with your wife, and that's not good for the relationship. You can also be neglecting your wife when you don't when you do things that hurt your wife, but you are not sorry. And then finally, if you don't bring your good news to your wife first, that's one way that you can know that you are neglecting your wife. And what I mean by that is if you get a job promotion at work, if you hear some kind of good news, if something happens and, and if something happens during your day that is good, you tell your wife first. Somebody says, oh, I just got a promotion at work. I'm going to call, call your wife first. Then work through everybody else on your list. Now, you know, somebody says, well, I want to call my parents. No, don't call your parents first. Don't call your, don't call your brother, your sister. Don't call anybody else first. Tell your wife the good news first. And wives, that also goes for your husbands. Tell your spouse the good news first and then work through everybody else on your list as far as who you share the good news with. So what can we do when we work on our marriages to get unstuck from our marriages? So here are some things that we can apply to men and women alike. And again, all of these come from the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 15, 23 says, A man has joy in an apt answer, and how delightful is a timely word. Words that are needed, not too many and not too few. A man has joy in an apt answer, one that is appropriate, suitable, and fitting for the situation. To have the right thing to say in the right amount of time at just the right time, that's a pretty good feeling. You know, somebody would say, well, I saw the situation and I wanted to say a lot, but I, I narrowed it down. I kept a lot of my words to myself. A second thing that we can do is found in Proverbs sixteen twenty four: Pleasant words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the bones. 
Now, it's very interesting that Solomon would mention a honeycomb in this passage because honey is high in carbohydrates, a source of B6. It contains mineral, iron, and calcium, and copper, and natural antioxidants. And all of that to say that this passage has been in God's word for more than 3,000 years. But Solomon's point was that pleasant words are good for the soul and the body. They are good for us spiritually as well as physically. And how much health is lost by vicious words and vicious things that never should have been said. So we need to replace our nagging and our negative words with words of kindness and positivity. Uh, if we can in our relationships. So as we look at getting unstuck in our marriages, and we, we will talk about this more next week in the second lesson, and I'll have more points to make. But in this particular podcast, we've talked about getting unstuck in your marriage by prioritizing your marriage and also by admitting that you are sinfully influenced. And we looked at the wife's role and the husband's role as well. And some of the advice that I gave for the women and the men, they can go both ways. You can apply those applications to the husband and the wife as well. So when I was in the podcast, I was talking about the wife's role, about the continual dripping and the nagging and arguing or whatever. That applies to the men as well. And so all of this advice can apply to both of the individuals in a marriage. So I hope you've enjoyed this. I hope you come back next week as I will continue to talk about getting unstuck in our marriage relationships. This concludes this particular episode of the Chaz Chatterings podcast. Make sure you like, follow, or subscribe to the podcast so that you can know when new episodes become available. I would also encourage you to find us on Facebook. Look for the Chad's Chatterings Podcast on Facebook and like the Facebook page. That way you'll know when new episodes are available or just come back every Tuesday because that's when the new episodes are posted. Thanks again, once again, for tuning in and we'll see you next time.